like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We're staying right here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for today's Song of the Soul. My guest is Deirdre Jenkins, and I first met her in the spring of 2015. Got to know her as a strong spiritual presence, but it wasn't until a month or two ago that I got to hear the power, joy, and magic of her singing. Though Deirdre has been central in the creation of four CDs of music, only one is currently available, with another one looming on the horizon. Today, we sit down together with Deirdre Jenkins right here in Eau Claire. Deirdre, I'm delighted to welcome you to Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. To recap, just earlier this week, we had a solstice ceremony that you led. How are you feeling about that in the aftermath, in, in the passing of the solstice? After that solstice ceremony, I slept later than I have slept in quite some time. And so I guess the most appropriate thing to say would be that I finally really let my body surrender to the dark and the solstice kind of realigned. So (laughs) that was kind of a surprise to realize that that had happened. And how do you think within yourself, Deirdre, the mixture of light and dark. Some people gravitate more towards dark, some towards light. I don't know that I've ever had a real period of depression in my life. I've certainly had a couple down times when emotionally trying circumstances came about, but some people can swim in the dark more than others, and some people just shine the light every moment of every day. How does that mix look like in you? That is a very interesting question. One that I would say actually really reflects my entire adult life, at least. I would call myself a deep diver. And I would say that I am somebody who has eyes that see in the dark. I've had to spend a lot of time in the dark. It's just been part of my particular journey in my life. The circumstances of my life offered me a lot of trauma. And so part of the way that I have come into relationship with trauma is by diving into the dark. What I came to feel ultimately was that if I didn't learn how to metabolize the things that were in the dark for me, they were going to metabolize me. (laughs) So it was either get busy and learn how to see in the dark and then bring up pearls from the deep and bring them out into the light. Or 
I will get lost in the dark forever. And obviously one way that you do it, Deirdre, is through music. I would say probably for you a very vital way. So I would really like to get started with your music to share some of that topography within you. How do you want to start out your song of the soul? Well, I have chosen a song called Bluebird. The theme here, it begins with my relationship with my... I have a a daughter who was born with a complex medical condition. But my daughter, who is one of the big gifts of my life in terms of helping me hone in on my soul path, also there has been a lot of pain for me, not just because of her trials that she's had to go through, even though that was very difficult, but I had to surrender my work as an artist for a long time. So this song, Bluebird, is a metaphorical story about my daughter and her medical condition, which presents itself in cyanosis. So she has been very blue at times in her life as a result of her oxygen levels. And one of her nicknames was, she was my little bluebird. She is forgetting 
We're here today for Song of the Soul with Deirdre Jenkins. That was her song, Bluebird, and it's from her album, which you can find out on CD Baby. Deirdre, we'll have a link on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Bluebird for your daughter, who sometimes actually not only felt blue, but looked blue. You said, Deirdre, that this is metaphorical about her, but in fact, what I got from the song and from listening to it was it's about you because it's about you releasing the bird. How hard was that for you to let your bluebird have her own life? Well, that's a wonderful observation, and it's true. This song is actually multi-layered in that way, and yes, I do believe that your take on it is accurate. My experience with my daughter's challenges were extremely confronting. I really had no choice. I had to be present to what reality was and has been with her and is still. I'm not in charge of this. I am not in charge of this. I could either be holding on, you know, to the way that I think or prefer that things would be working out in the world with her, but ultimately I can't do anything except for get present with her <laughs> and whatever it is that's going on. I will tell you a short story. My daughter has had to have many surgeries over her life. And when she was five, she had to have a big one. And that was around the time that this song was written, actually. It was a big surgery, and we woke up very early in the morning to go to the hospital. It was still dark outside. And we went to the door to leave. And as I opened the door, she saw the moon out and, you know, hanging in the dark sky. And her reaction that morning was, oh, Mom, look, the moon is out. And she was so excited. And for me, seeing that in her, knowing that in her mind, there was really not this impending, huge, scary surgery ahead, which was true. This was going to be actually a really big surgery. It was a very scary one. That was not on her mind at all. She was connected to what was happening right there, and she was delighted by it. And as I witnessed that in her, there was just something in me that said, follow her lead. You know, whatever your fears are, yeah, they're there, but just follow her lead. And I needed that. I needed that so that I could stay afloat. Now, you said you wrote the song around the time or as a result of the what happened when she was five. There was an extended period where you were had to be at home. You couldn't go out and do your music career. You had already done several recordings. The recording, Deirdre, you must have done that after your daughter was five, therefore. So how many recordings did you do before and since? Before Emma was born, I had two records that I made with Emma's father, actually. We, we had musical collaboration as well. Then after this record, Deirdre, I did another record with a friend that we never released called Space Divas, and it's just this fantastic ambient. It's a beautiful record. It really still has the potential for life. But So we did Space Divas, and other than that, I've just been kind of piecing things together and getting ready for a new release that I'm working on now. And folks, just so you know, it's not going to be 100% obvious to track down Deirdre. She's been following a meandering path in her life, 
uh, I do want you to tell Deirdre how you ended up in Eau Claire, which I thought was a very interesting little story. Her recording, Deirdre, is on CD Baby, and you, you can follow the link from org in case you have trouble spelling a name like Deirdre. I find it intuitively obvious, D-E-I-R-D-R-E, but if that's not obvious for you, Northern Spirit Radio, those are three words that virtually no one misspells. And let's go on to another song, Deirdre. Okay, so the second song is called One. One actually is a song that came to me right as my daughter Emma was having this particular large surgery. It came like a mantra, and I sang it constantly. It was my life raft during these difficult days that followed that surgery. This is one.
Deirdre Jenkins on her CD, which you'll find out on CD Baby Deirdre. Follow the link from NordenSpiritRadio.org. She's my guest today for Song of the Soul. And again, that's a song that was occasioned by the surgery for your daughter. My perspective on you, sitting with you in Quaker meeting, I have had the sense of a deep spirit present. Fairly calm, not turbulent, not drawn down, not crushed by darkness. What made the difference so that instead of becoming a force of negativity... What led you to be, I think, a much more light and enlightening force? Well, I think that the answer is kind of sounds a little shallow almost. I just really wanted to have experiences in life that felt very, I hate to use the word normal, but I just wanted to be able to be in good relationship with people and the world and the earth. And I wasn't. I had a lot of things occur that really were difficult and took me out of harmony with people in the world. That was the motive that drew me into the work that I've done that I feel has made it so that I'm not devoured by the dark and therefore kind of carrying around a grudge or some negative peace or unfelt grief or anger. I gave myself a chance to feel all of that. And so I think that maybe that is what you see, is that I can carry the dark and actually be kind of a place in the universe for other people almost with that. I find that people often feel that that triggers something for them that they might need. I do love the song. I love the spiritual message in it. And one of the things that I I really like about spirituality is when you see things in complementary ways. There's a statement from William Penn, for instance, about Quakers. He says that before they went out to change the world, they were changed themselves. I think that there's a similar thing. I think Gandhi, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Those kind of complementary things. And I felt like that that was flowing through this song as well. Could you explain a little bit about your spiritual roots and where you've gotten to now? It's interesting because I I didn't really have a spiritual or religious base that I grew up with. The honest truth is, is that I lost my dad to a motorcycle accident on Christmas Eve when I was seven. In a very real way, I kind of lost my mom around that time too. She was still alive, but she was so traumatized by my father's accidental death that she really never came around. So my mother was not religious. Her particular interest at a certain point had to do with nature. And I think that nature kind of scooped me up and helped me find something solid, (laughs) some solid ground to stand upon. But it took me a long time to realize that that had been the case. I was really an adult by the time I realized that my spiritual base truly was nature and maybe archetypal forces as well, but not really religion. I missed that. It just didn't ever happen. Even though I I went to some different churches and religious organizations, but I never really connected in the way that I did with nature. And the truth is, there was a time in my life where I felt that my pursuit of spirituality you know, or, or discovering what my spirituality was, was important. But 
for many years now, it's not even really the way that I approach my life. My approach is much more related to what I feel is my soul. And I feel that my soul actually is the earth, that I share a soul with nature. And interestingly enough, that's a piece that's not included particularly overtly in any case in one, although you talk about all the ones that you're with and faith and love and everything else, peace. You're right. One came out of a time when I was looking more externally for some kind of spiritual resource. And I don't want to say that one is not an authentic expression or song, you know, for me, it very much is. But it it is definitely relates to that time of my life. I think one of the most important things about my life since the song one came is discovering that I don't have light without dark, at least not in my life. That might be true for other people. I, I really don't know. I can only tell you that without embracing all of the dark pieces that I've had and somehow giving meaning to them, I don't have any light. You know, the, the light is a result of that for me. That's just been the way that I've learned it. So I think one, in a way, is a reflection of the way that I related to the particular trauma and difficulty of the time. I want to remind our listeners that you're tuned in to Song of the Soul. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, and I'm your host for this Northern Spirit Radio production. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. That's O-R-G, like organic, not commercial. On that site, you'll find ten and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find comments and other people's comments you can look at, and please add your own when you visit because we love two-way communication. There's also a place to leave donations, and that is how this work is supported. You'll also find links to our guests, so when you want to get a hold of Deirdre Jenkins, who is our guest today, you can follow the links from Northern Spirit Radio. She's out on CD Baby. I think you'll find her on Facebook. Just follow the links on our site. Again, Deirdre Jenkins is here. What would you like to share next for Song of the Soul, Deirdre? So the next song that I chose is called Emma's Song. When I was selecting these songs, I was seeing a thread that I wanted to bring out my relationship with my daughter or as a mother with myself, even as a mother took me into a part of my soul journey that this really woke me up being the mother to this child. It really made everything very clear for me and it helped me move so much deeper into my heart, which is interesting given my daughter's medical condition, her heart became my heart path as well. So this song, I feel kind of captures this first real deep part of my soul journey musically. And then there's a, there's a shift that happens afterwards, which we'll get into when we get to the other songs. So this really does kind of hold the kind of crowning piece of this particular part of my journey. Emma's Song by Deirdre Jenkins
That's from a CD entitled Deirdre by Deirdre Jenkins. It's Emma's song, third song actually now that we've had Deirdre related to your daughter, Emma. It sets the stage for the next progression. But you mentioned that you've had two CDs that you don't own the rights to currently. And so that's a whole part of your past that we're not seeing right now. And then there's the one that came out later, Space Divas, which sounds like a really fun name. And <laughs> I, I hope to hear it soon. But that one, which you haven't put out there really to the world, and now you're working on more music. But your daughter is well installed. At one point you were here in Eau Claire and you went off thinking that you might be gone for quite a while. Fortunately, you came back. Could you say something about what pulled you away and, and what brought you back? What pulled me away was that my daughter had some challenges come up last spring and I really did think that I was going to need to move back to Nashville. But then some other <laughs> changes in her life made it that actually she no longer has a base in Nashville at all. And so there's no point in me being there. And actually, I guess maybe the biggest reason that I came back to Eau Claire is that I formed a bond with another human being here. And not only is this a person who I deeply love, but that I'm also in another artistic collaboration with. So I really didn't know that that was going to wind up keeping me here, but that's really probably the main reason that I came back. So I had this soul journey, you know, important soul journey part for me as a mom. I think it's important for me to say, actually, Mark, that my role as a mother required me to be in my daughter's presence, you know, for many years. I couldn't leave. I couldn't go on tour I couldn't leave my daughter in the care of other people. I couldn't take her on the road. It, it didn't matter what I had going on musically. I had to make whatever I was doing musically. It just had to be local. And, and it also had to be on the back burner for the most part. I did a lot of session work and, you know, I, I recorded some records and, and did performances in Nashville and, you know, a little bit in some other places. But the truth was, is that mostly everything I had to do had to stay very close to home. And then when my daughter was old enough and I knew that I could start pursuing my own dreams, that I could pick them back up and dust them off and find out what you know I had left, I came up here to Eau Claire. But on the heels of doing a lot of very deep soul work in nature over the last 10 years, really, and, and a lot of Jungian-influenced depth work. And what that did was that connected me really deeply to the earth in a certain way where my relationship with the land became a primary force in my life. So when I came up here, I'm carrying that piece in my heart about my connection with the land. And there was a time when in Nashville, before I left, it was a, a number of years really before I left, that I think this was really starting to open up. So this song just birthed itself one spring morning. It was actually, it may have been Mother's Day, I think, that the day that this song came. And I had this transition happen, not just being a mother to my own child, but actually having nature mother me. I think that this started happening in some way that I started really feeling nature as these loving arms of a mother. This next song is called Spirit of the World, and 
I just want to say that I was standing in my kitchen on Mother's Day morning and I opened the window and it was literally like this song just drifted in off of this honeysuckle imbued breeze and came in and I sat down and this song just came out in entirety. So this is Spirit of the World. It was a beautiful moment The weather was teasing us Leaning out of the window And there, there you were In your cloak of spring Took our breath of 
magically birthed song, Spirit of the World, by Deirdre Jenkins. And that has not been released yet, so you you won't find it on the recording, for instance, that you'll find of Deirdre out on CD Baby. It's not on the other three recordings that she's made that you won't have access to. But is there some hope, Deirdre, that it will be on a recording that's coming in sometime in the near future? Well, I guess we could say that there's always hope. (laughs) I love this song. It's a very special song to me. I do feel like this song will have a place in terms of a recording. I'm sure that that will come. It's not at the top of the list right now because I'm working on other things that are, but it's still something that I feel like I want to give. When did you start with music? From talking to you earlier, I I had the sense that music was an all-encompassing passion of your life until your daughter came along and redirected your life for a major portion of time. Were you always drawn to music? Is it words, lyrics? Where did you end up connecting with this thing that we just generally classify as music? I guess I have always been musically oriented since I was a child. I loved to sing along with songs on the radio, but I didn't really have... I think circumstances in my life really kind of took precedence over developing gifts really early on. But I can tell you that there was a very distinct moment in my own memory when I was riding in the back of my dad's car. He had a Pontiac GTO and there was this window. We were riding down the highway, I guess, one night and there was this window where if I was laying in the back seat, I could look out the window and see the sky and the stars spoke to me on this particular night. And Diana Ross and the Supremes were playing on the radio. (laughs) And I'm listening to this music and loving hearing the music and looking at the stars. And the stars literally told me and said, this is your destiny. And I knew listening to Diana Ross, I thought, and I'm like six years old and thinking, I can do that. I can sing. I can do that. And truly, that was like this early knowing about who I was. I love this story because my dad is part of this story. My dad is in the car with me. I love it as a metaphor since he hasn't been able to be around to hear my music in a human form. I certainly don't doubt that he knows of it from another realm if his being is still intact in some way in another realm. But for me, it's such a beautiful piece of my own story to carry along that he was part of that with me. Do you remember which Diana Ross and the Supreme song, You Can't Worry, Love, No, or <laughs> Ain't No Mountain High? I think it actually was Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the truth is, is that that was a record that I owned that I played until it was just unplayable. And as a child, when I was in elementary school, I would give concerts. I had two girlfriends and they were the Supremes and I was Diana Ross and we did concerts every day during lunch outside. (laughs) And I just want to acknowledge and appreciate all of those students that were there that listened and were even interested, and those who weren't. I want to acknowledge them, too, because I think I was a little overbearing, probably. 
Well, in addition to your beautiful voice, you write a lot of lyrics. Have you been a writer a long time? Is this something that, have you kept a, a diary, a journal? Yes, I have always been a writer. And I was a writer when I was little. I didn't realize it. And in fact, I don't think I really was able to claim myself as a writer until actually after my daughter was born. And I remember seeing on one of my academic reports from school, it at the time when I was doing the Diana Ross thing during lunch, there was an academic report that stated, Deirdre is such, she's such a good writer and she needs to be encouraged to do that. But I really didn't have a lot of parental guidance in my life, Mark. I didn't have people who were looking over me to notice what my gifts were and to be able to support them. When I was a teenager and started singing, it overtook everything and, and everyone around me had to had to endure it. And so there was some support at that time. But as a writer, that came a lot slower. Now I have a whole other relationship to being a writer. It really is part of who I am, and I trust it a lot more. What I'm going to offer next is, is an, an interesting twist on that. This is a poem that I wrote. It's called Who Waits for You. And this poem came as a result of a place that I lived. Before I moved to Eau Claire, I lived in this incredibly wonderful little place that I called the Coyote Den in Nashville. It was a little apartment that was nestled into the, you know, partway down into the earth and in a garden and the trees and the, the flowers and what was in the space around the coyote den where I lived, this was a very vibrant conversation that I had with nature. And so this poem comes directly out of my relationship to that place. Who waits for you on morning's edge through winter's frosty sleeping and the din of rush hour traffic? Who watches there? your comings and goings, and carries with you your burdens and delights, your grocery list, the work you rush to meet. What quiet being fills up at the very sight of you, then showers upon you a song that only hearts can hear? What radiant beauty aches and longs to be noticed by you? steadfastly holding its place in the constant movement of a world trying to find itself and in the eternal stillness of a world that knows. Do you know the company you keep? The company who keeps you? Through whose ancient witnessing your very existence is? It is those precious others holding the landscape of your life holding your glorious waking dream. It is they, your greatest ally, who silently await the opening of your eyes. A poem by Deirdre Jenkins, Who Waits for You. Still, and that must have been at least a year and a half or two or three years ago before you moved up to Eau Claire. Do you do journaling, writing as a conscious practice? I have kept so many journals over my adult life. I've burned stacks of them in ceremonies. I've been going through an interesting period, though, where I'm not really writing in my journal so much right now. I sit down to write in my journal, and it, 
it just doesn't happen in the way that it has in the past. And I feel like that might be because most of the writing that I have been doing is for the songs that I'm working on. I guess that's really getting all of my writing energy at the moment. Well, there's a lot of music that you've been in the process of creating now for at least several months. I, I'm aware of it sitting on the sidelines here, but we only have time for one more song for your Song of the Soul. How would you like to conclude it, Deirdre? Well, I'm going to conclude it with a song that is called Once I Was a Wild Thing. What I wanted to say about this song and kind of connect it from the poem is that I had this relationship develop with nature in the land. Once upon a time, I was a person who was walking on the earth and saw the earth, but really didn't know that I was the earth. And then I had this relationship develop, and I started realizing that I felt the earth knew me, that somehow the earth, the landscape, had held all of my stories, knew my stories even better than I did. It was as if trees had witnessed everything that had happened to me and knew me better than I did. And at a certain point, I started really tuning in and feeling the voice of the earth mirroring back to me its own longing and love for me. And I think you can hear that in the poem, Who Waits for You. We might listen to that poem and put a person on it, but who are the beings that are on the land for me? That's where the poem came from. And then the this last song, Once I Was a Wild Thing, this is not only reminiscent for me of my own wildness as a human being, but for me, this is actually maybe a, it's the voice of the earth as if it's saying, this is how I once knew myself. This is how I remember myself. I feel maybe that these lyrics are a little bit of a reflection of the earth's own feeling of grief and loss for its own wildness. Once I was a wild thing Mirroring starlight and sunrise and ember A glow and a blaze Awakening the day Smiling at the blind velvet sky Once I was a wild thing Holding ocean and river and shelves of ice A trembling dew The unbearable hue of mist embracing the dawn Oh, sometimes I think I hear my name whispered by the wind or in the constant longing of the tide for the shore Once I was a wild 
Desert and mountain and prairie and desert, burgeoning forth through verdant green folds, yielding to the lure of the sun, burgeoning forth through verdant green folds. Yielding to the lure of the sun. That's our last song today from Deirdre Jenkins. It's called Once I Was a Wild Thing, a little live performance here. It hasn't been released on other media, so you heard it here first, folks, but I'm sure in the future. This last song, Once I Was a Wild Thing, is a song that will be included in an upcoming recording that I'm working on with my new musical partner. His name is Joseph Maurer, and we have a little band called Squirrel Talk. So this song will... It's kind of the segue from my old musical story into my new musical story. It will be on an upcoming release. But for the moment, you're going to have to settle with our link to CD Baby recording by Deirdre, called Deirdre. She is Deirdre Jenkins. She's local here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I look forward to more that's coming out of you, Deirdre. You want to find Deirdre, follow the links on northernspiritradio.org. Thank you again, Deirdre, for leading us to the depths and to the heights through your music. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate your having me. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production help on today's presentation, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy. Sing out a song